singing about Jesus sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. The keeper of the king's treasury to see Misha, great and mighty monarch of Moab. Let him forward. Long live the king. Long live the king. State your mission quickly to the point. The herds keeper and his men are here from Israel, O king, to collect the usual tax of a hundred thousand lambs and a hundred thousand rams. Two hundred thousand sheep we pay the king of Israel? Yes, your majesty. It was originally levied by King Ahab. We have been paying it ever since. We have, but we won't, as of now. Send the Israelite herdsmen back to their king, empty-handed. But there will be a, a war, your majesty. War with whom? Israel, your majesty. Scribe, who wears the crown of Israel? Uh, Jehoram, your majesty. Jehoram? What sort of king is he? Weak, your majesty. No push or ambition. Easygoing. Easily persuaded. Will he try to collect those 200,000 sheep by force? He'll send ambassadors, messengers, try for a peaceful settlement, but war. <laughs> no, your majesty. <laughs> well, send those herdsmen back with this message. Misha, great and mighty king of Moab, refuses now and henceforth to pay, to pay tribute, tribute to the weak and vacillating king of Israel. So, Misha the Great refuses to pay tribute, does he? He probably thinks I'm not as strong or determined as my father King Ahab was. Uh, you'll learn, King Misha. <laughs> Scribe, send a fast messenger to Judah and say unto King Jehoshaphat, O great and mighty king of Judah, the king of Moab hath rebelled against me, refusing to pay the tribute levied by Ahab, my father. Wilt thou, O Jehoshaphat, go with me to do battle against the foolish Misha, king of Moab? And Jehoshaphat agreed to help Jehoram. Uh, which way shall we go to Moab? The safest way is through the wilderness of Edom. Agreed. Also, perhaps we might get the king of Edom to go with us, <laughs> he and his men of war. Ah. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom. And they marched, they and their armies, seven days towards Moab, and pitched camp in a certain valley. Your Majesty. Yes, General. Your Majesty, there is no water in this place. No water? None at all, Your Majesty. The great host of soldiers with us, and the cattle will die of thirst. Or worse yet, Your Majesty, the armies of Moab will defeat us. Uh, hath the Lord brought us three kings here with our men to deliver us into the hands of Moab? Alas. Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of him what to do? Elisha the prophet is with us, Your Majesty. Three kings send for me, obviously to seek favors. Say on. No longer is there the slightest doubt, Elisha, that thou art truly the chosen prophet of God. Surely thou dost already know the plight in which we three kings find ourselves? Our combined armies are without water. Thou art Jehoram, king of Israel. Thou knowest I am. I also know that thou hast not forsaken thy evil ways, nor hast thou caused Israel to give up their worship of Baal. The Lord God of Israel is displeased with thee, so why should I help thee? Why do you not call upon the prophets of Baal to help thee? Nay, Elisha, prophet of God, let it not be so. Lest the king of Moab defeat us, and our men are delivered into his hand. As the Lord God liveth, and before whom I stand, surely I would not help thee, even listen to thee, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat. 
So bring hither to me a minstrel. And it came to pass, when the minstrel was fetched and played, that the Spirit of God came upon Elisha. Thus saith the Lord, Dig ditches throughout the length and breadth of this valley. There shall be no wind, neither shall there be rain. Yet shall the valley be filled with water that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. The Lord will deliver the Moabites into your hand, and ye shall smite every fenced and choice city, and shall fell every good tree, and stop up all wells of water. General, get the men busy immediately. Dig ditches everywhere. By morning, the valley was crisscrossed with ditches, but no water. Then suddenly, as the morning sacrifice was offered... Water! Water! So he decided after all, did he, to use force and make me pay tribute. Three kings and their combined forces at our border to make war? <laughs> a mere handful of men, your majesty, and ill-trained in such things as warfare. Tomorrow in the early morning we shall march against them. Ditches! Your majesty! Ditches dug everywhere down there where the three kings and their forces are camped. Mm, someone smarter than I suspected. That valley's always been dry as a bone. They dig ditches, deep ones probably, and water comes forth. <laughs> Intelligent? Wise? Perhaps not, Your Majesty. Look at the water. Is it not red? A reflection of the rising sun. Nay, Your Majesty. That is blood. Blood? Blood of whom? Obviously, Your Majesty, it is the blood of the enemy. They have fought amongst themselves, killing one another. Yes. Yes, the three kings are slain and their men of war. Oh, General, forward to the spoil! And behold, when the Moabites came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites arose from their hiding places and smote the Moabites, so that they became confused and fled. But the Israelites went after them, smiting them even in their own country. General, forget not the instructions of Elisha. Destroy their cities, fell their trees, and make desolate their vineyards and fields. And there was great rejoicing in Israel, for had not God, through his faithful prophet Elisha, turned a sure defeat into glorious victory? We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634. 0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
I'd certainly hate to sit next to him on a bus. <laughs> what about in a canoe? No way. Do you know what I think? Usually, no. I think that cows can teach us a lot about health. How? Well, look at him. Does he look sick? No. Does he look like a weakling? No. Does he look tired and depressed? I don't think so. He looks kind of contented. Exactly. That's one happy cow. So what's so strange about that? Well, look at what he's eating. Grass? Yes, and a few flowers, bushes, leaves, and other stuff growing in the ground. That's what cows eat. That's my point. Big cow over there with all those muscles and beautiful hair and bright eyes and swinging tail and really cool horns eats nothing but grass and water. He doesn't eat meat, which if you stop and think about it, would be kind of gross. He doesn't drink milk unless he's a calf, and he doesn't take pills. All he does is walk around the pasture, eat grass, and sleep standing up. You know, Sam, you're right. He's proof that we don't need all the stuff that people say we do to be healthy and strong. We just need water, food that grows on the ground, and exercise. But I don't think I'd like eating grass. No problem. We can eat grains and vegetables and fruit. If we did, we could be as smart as a cow. And maybe as healthy as one, too. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do you like visiting museums? Have you ever been in a museum of children's art? What if your museum were showing a collection of paintings of children and one of the pieces was mysteriously missing? That's what happens to Sammy and Ginny in this new shoebox kids mystery. Along the way, Sammy learns that helping others is part of what it means to be a Christian. Chapter 8, Dragon's Lair Four phone calls and an hour later, the entire group of shoebox kids had invaded Mrs. Sheckley's yard. Mrs. Wallace and Mr. Teller had agreed to come with a pickup and van to haul off whatever trash or treasures they found. They held their breath as they waited for Mrs. Sheckley to open the big door to her garage. I haven't used these keys in years, Mrs. Sheckley said as she fumbled through a large ring. I'm not even sure the lock will work. She finally found a small round one more by feel than by sight. Here it is, she muttered to herself. Jenny, can you help me here? She finally asked. Jenny stepped forward and helped her get the key into the bottom of the fat padlock on the giant door. They wiggled the key for a long moment before the top of the padlock popped free and they were able to take the lock off. Everyone gasped as they pushed the garage door open. A huge cloud of dust blew out from the open door and several of the children began coughing. Then the dust cleared and they could see inside. Wow, Willie said. That's a lot of newspapers, Chris said. Sammy couldn't believe his eyes. From floor to ceiling, the garage was filled with stacks and stacks of newspapers. On one side, Sammy saw black plastic bags filled with something else. Chris poked one with his finger. Pop cans, he announced. I never throw anything away, Mrs. Sheckley said. I guess not, Sammy said. Okay, kids, Mr. Tiller said finally. First, let's load these bags of cans into the pickup. Make sure the bottoms don't fall out of the bags. Some of them look pretty old. Even with all the help, Sammy found himself making trip after trip from the garage to the pickup. Soon the back of the pickup was full and there were still many bags of cans to be collected. Let's go ahead and fill up the van as well, Mr. Teller suggested. Mrs. Wallace and Mr. Teller switched the van and truck and soon the van was being filled as well. Boy, Mrs. Sheckley, Chris said, sweat running down his face as he carried the last of the bags to the van. You sure drank a lot of pop over the years. Mrs. Sheckley smiled. I have a weakness for grape soda, she said. I didn't realize how big a weakness it was until today. That's the last bag, Maria shouted. And that's all the room we have in the van, responded Mr. Teller. Mrs. Wallace and I will take these bags to the recycling center. You kids start bundling up the newspapers. We'll be back in a few minutes. The shoebox kids watched the two vehicles drive off, then turned and looked at the stacks and stacks of newspapers. The stacks towered high over their heads. I'll bet some of these newspapers are pretty old, Willie said. Yeah, and the farther back you get, the older they would be, Maria said. Chris just stared at the solid wall of newspapers. There's supposed to be a car buried in there, he said, as if he didn't believe it himself. Over here, guys, they heard Dee Dee's muffled voice off to the side. They followed it to a narrow alley between two high walls of newspaper. I found something. Eek! What is it, Maria yelled back. Oh, yuck, she said finally. Something's dead back here. Sammy pushed his way through the narrow alley and found Dee Dee in a back section that was more open. Feathers were scattered on the garage floor. Small bones and bits of fur were also there. Something killed some birds and maybe some mice here, Sammy said. In response, a low meow came from above. Sammy and Dee Dee looked up at the garage rafters. Sammy recognized two big yellow eyes. 
dragon, he scolded. Shame on you. Oh, come on, Dee Dee said. He's just being a cat. Our cat does the same thing. Come down here, dragon, and make friends. Dragon meowed again and hopped the short distance down from the rafter to the top of the newspaper piles. Soon, the big yellow cat was nestled in Dee Dee's arms. Hey, guys, look at this, Willie shouted as Sammy and Dee Dee pushed their way out of the alley and into fresh air again. Willie and the others were huddled around a corner of the garage looking at the floor. Sammy and Dee Dee pushed their way forward. Someone had scratched a date into the concrete floor. It says 1969, Chris said. So what? That means that the concrete for this garage was poured five years after the fire, explained Willie. This garage wasn't here when the Matheson studio burned down. Jenny spoke up. Mrs. Sheckley said that the cement slab was still here from the studio. It must be somewhere else here in the backyard. Yeah, but where? Maria asked. I'm not going back there, Dee Dee said. I'm sure Dragon knows his way around there real well, Sammy said. He's the king of the jungle. Come on, guys, Maria said. Back to work. She reached up and grabbed an armload of newspapers. Yeah, I want to see what kind of car could be hidden behind all these newspapers, Chris said. Where's Dragon? Dee Dee asked Sammy. You had him when we came out of his hiding place, Sammy answered. Maybe he went back there. Or maybe he went looking for another mouse, Chris added. He'd better not, Sammy said. Dragon! Dee Dee called. She climbed back into the narrow alley to Dragon's lair and called for him again. Come on, Dee Dee, we've got work to do, Sammy said, taking a string and tying another bundle of newspapers together. Dragon's not in there, Dee Dee said, coming out of the alley. He must have gone outside. Let him go, Dee Dee, Sammy said. Hey, guys. Guys, look at this. Chris pulled down another stack of newspapers and motioned to the others to look. Behind the stack, Sammy and the others saw the shape of an automobile covered with a canvas. Wonder what kind it is, Chris asked. Suddenly, there was a scream from outside. Everyone looked at each other. Dee Dee, Sammy and Chris said at the same time. She probably saw another dead bird, Willie agreed. Then they heard another scream. Help! Help! The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 5, The Broken Dozen Mystery, written by Glenn Robinson edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children come Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.